Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Well, in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about something that is very close to my heart and that is why we as parents should embrace messy parenting. So why am I talking about this and what do I mean? Well, I've got a new book coming out, which kind of explains why I'm doing this, called How to Help Your Child Clean Up Their Mental Mess. It's going to be released on the 8th of August and it's on pre-order now. And you can go to the link, mentallyresilientkids.com, the link in the show notes to pre-order this. And there's some great pre-order bonuses. Now, let me tell you why. This will help you as a parent, help your child manage their mental health and it'll help you manage your own mental health. It will help you give yourself permission to do something that you've heard me say often if you listen to me, and that is, it's okay to be a mess, and it's also okay to be a messy parent, and it's also okay to be a messy child. And we need to hear this. I need to hear this. I'm a parent of four children and two son-in-laws, and I need to hear this because many times I put this unbelievable pressure, and I know you know what I'm talking about if you're a parent, unbelievable pressure on myself to be everything to everyone. And I know you understand this. So I'm not saying something that I'm doing that you aren't if you're a parent. I want to be the best support to my husband. I want to be the best support to each of my four children with each of their unique needs and my two incredible son-in-laws and even my dogs. I want to be there for them and I want to be here to help you and I want to be able to do the work that I do. And so I can put unbelievable pressure on myself and make a mess. I make a mess often. I was such a people pleaser and such a perfectionist. And there are so many times when I can slip back into that mode of thinking and beat myself up about situations that I really don't need to. But saying and working in this field as long as I have and telling people, including myself, I think I'm shouting at myself the most, to say it's okay to be a mess has created a sense of peace in my life and improved my parenting a hundred percent. Now, I don't think I was a bad parent, but I know I made a lot of mistakes. And I know that I have really tried to throw everything at my parenting because I chose to have my children. And I wanted to give them the absolute best and I still want to give them the absolute best. But I found that the way that I am actually giving them better parenting is by allowing myself to be a messy parent. So what does that mean? I don't get feel bad for the mistakes that I make. I make sure that I understand the impact and I do feel bad for the impact that my mistakes have made on my children, but I don't feel bad to the extent where I get myself stuck on the hamster wheel where I go round and round and round and round and round, not being able to get out of, out of that state. I don't allow that anymore. So I embrace the messiness in order to manage the messiness. I embrace it, I process it, and I reconceptualize it and I transfer that energy from instead of it going down that rumination guilt path, I turn it into something constructive and healthy for myself, my brain and my body, and that transfer, that transfers or flows over into my relationships with my children and my husband and the work that I do. Energy is limited. Energy also is works on a, the principle of conservation. No energy is lost. It's just transferred. So I know that when I make a mess, it takes a lot of energy. If I feel tremendous guilt about that to the point where I get stuck, I'm going to drain myself of even more energy. 
But if, as I feel that burst of guilt for maybe making the wrong mistake, and I say, okay, I embrace that guilt in order to make it work for me, I shift that energy that will drain if I stay in the guilt mode, and I shift it into something positive. But in order to do that, I have to give myself permission to be messy. So when I'm messy and I do something wrong, I don't beat myself up. I'll say, okay, I feel bad about this. I did this. It had this impact. I can see the impact. Maybe it had a more reaching impact than what I realized on my children in a certain way or whatever. But I'm not going to get stuck in assuming implications or impacts. I am going to get myself together. I'm going to recognize that this was something I shouldn't do. And I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to go through a neurocycle to get myself into a wise state and my active reach, which is will be my fifth step, will be to then find out what is it that I can do to then fix or resolve or facilitate helping and relieve the impact of my mistake on my children. So it's it's a very constructive versus destructive use of my time. So I transfer my energy into something that actually increases my energy versus draining my energy. So listen to what I'm saying carefully. I make a mistake. I feel guilt or I feel shame or I feel sad. And I allow myself to feel that. I allow myself to feel messy. Say, okay, you feel messy. You feel guilt. You feel shame. And rightfully so what you did and the impact, it was wrong. But then that's where if I don't stop it there, I can get a knot in my stomach. I mean, just saying you were wrong, you hurt them. A thought, a, a memory flashed into my mind about something I did. And immediately I felt that gut-wrenching stomach ache, almost like a shock through my body as I was talking to you. And, and I'm thinking of an incident that actually was something that I had worked through already, but it reminded me of that situation because it was quite impactful. But it's resolved now because I did what I'm about to explain to you. I recognized the situation what was going on, and I gave myself permission to be messy. That was a messy thing, therefore I'm messy. By giving myself permission, I have already given myself power over the situation, and instead of ruminating and getting negative, I'm now able to fix what happened. So I can't change what actually happened, but I can fix it. I can restructure it. I can reconceptualize it, and I can work on a plan to deal with the impact. And that shifts the energy. It also as I, as I did whatever I did, as we do whatever we do as parents, so many times unintentionally, so many times coming from baggage from the past, as I do that, I, as I do this, uh, this giving my, say, literally saying the words, okay, you messed up, Caroline, that was very messy, you feel a lot of guilt, I feel a lot of shame, you, I often talk to myself in the, you know, like a multiple perspective advantage, I'll speak to myself in, in th third person, so I'll speak to myself, Caroline, you messed up. Caroline, that was really messy. Caroline, that really hurt ex-child. That really was the wrong way of handling it. You didn't handle that right. You made a mess. It, you feel guilty. You feel sad. You're grieving a little bit. Your gut's like in a knot. Uh, your, your behaviors are you could get defensive, maybe withdraw, maybe even get snappy because you are with your husband or something because you are trying to deal with this stuff and you're not dealing with it well at, the, at this moment in time as we stand in this snapshot in time. And my perspective is, is oh, I've messed up. I'm always going to mess up. That's okay. You can feel like that. Now, as soon as I've done that, I have started pulling up the thought that this came from, the information that these four signals that I've just described were attached to. I've brought that up. Now it's weak and now I can do something. I can actually change it. So now I can say to myself, okay, so why do I, did I do that? Why do I feel this? And I can answer, 
I feel this, I ask her why, I feel this because I said this and I promised I wouldn't say it. And I did say it. And I promised I wouldn't say it. And I really feel so bad for saying it. And I shouldn't have said that. And I wish I didn't say that. So see, I'm getting a little deeper. My, as I'm saying it, I'm noticing that my body is reacting. I'm getting even more tense in my body. And then I notice that my perspective is that, am I always going to say this? Am I stuck in this? See, I'm still allowing myself to get that out. If I don't allow myself to get that out, I'm going to hide it somewhere and it's going to just come back. Okay, so I've done my emotions. I've done my bodily sensation. I've done my behavior and I've done my perspective. I've asked why. Okay, so I've gathered awareness of them and then I've reflected on why. I've said that thing, it's making me feel like this, whatever. And I shouldn't have said that. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, now what I would do is if it's quite a big thing, I'd get out my journal and I would start writing down everything that I've just thought about, everything that I've just gathered awareness of, the four signals and the why, and write down exactly what I said and why I think I said it and where it's coming from. And I would just like, whatever thoughts come up, just write it down in a metacog. And then I'll look at that and I'll see, oh my gosh, I mean, I did this exercise with this particular thing. I saw, okay, this is coming from an assumption that I made about this particular child in a previous situation, and I thought I handled it in this way, and it came from... So I started seeing, when I looked at what I'd written, oh gosh, look there, I didn't quite make that association when I was gathering awareness or when I you know, said that thing, and that's where it's come from, and that's the impact, and we've discussed this before, and it tracks back to that, and it's linked to that, and okay, this is a cycle, and I see there's a pattern that when that kind of situation arises, I tend to say that kind of thing because of past experience. I haven't let that past experience go. That's not fair on my child because my child has got through that, and that it's unfair. I'm still holding on to a way of thinking that is related to something from the past. So all this that I'm saying now, I have got from doing the gather awareness, the reflect, the write, and the recheck. So now I've got insight and I'm saying, okay, now I know where this comes from. So I, my, my perception needs to change. I need to reconceptualize this. This is something that has been dealt with, but I obviously just didn't let it go. So I've got to disassociate. I've got to see that that's the past. That story has changed. It's no longer like that. It's now like this. And I therefore need to shrink that toxic tree by fixing the roots and make this new healthy perception of this is how that person has changed. They've gone through that. This child has changed. They've gone through that. This is how I've changed. They've gone through that. I've gone through that. We've gone through the situation. I can truly release this. And then my active reach will be I'm going to practice now 
I'm going to associate this. I'm going to see this this beautiful new tree with a rainbow shining through it. And this particular child's smiley face all over this tree is like maybe little shiny apples on the tree. And I'm going to hang on to that. And I'm going to each for a few days, I'm going to practice this. If it's a pattern and I'm responding like this all the time, I'm going to practice this again tomorrow and I'm going to do this for 63 days because it's going to take me at least 21 to get all the sources of why I have said that big thing and why it was so messy and I'm going to start getting more and more detail, more and more in in, in the direct active reaches to help me stabilize a new way of thinking. If I just stop at this point, I could revert back and say that thing again or something similar and be triggered in the same way to say something similar and increase the hurt in my child's life. So now I can practice this new way and I can practice it diligently and by after day 21, just a couple of minutes a day, I can go through the five steps and just make sure I stabilize this new way of thinking and then I can apply that in my life. Now, that's a mouthful. I do that and I've been doing that and I've trained myself to do that. And it has helped my relationships enormously. It's helped me to turn to my children and say, listen, I said this to you. I should never have said this. This is where it came from. I made the wrong assumption. I can see from the work that I've done, I was wrong. And I can see where it came from. It came from here. And I should have corrected that a long time ago, and I didn't. And I'm so sorry for the times that I've actually... See, I've given myself permission to be messy. I've worked through the process of embracing. I have taken control. I have restructured, and it's changed how I'm going to actually interact with my child about that specific thing. And this is what I'm trying to do with every situation. Now, in a day-to-day situation, things will come up that you don't anticipate. But if you... Whatever, with your kids... And if you, if it's a new situation, you'll have maybe a new response, and then it's easier to fix that. You won't need 63 days because it's a new situation and a new response. So you can quickly do a neurocycle in a, in a couple of minutes, five minutes or so, maybe with your child or separately from your child, because modeling, you know, your response as messiness and fixing it immediately, you know, with your child is how they can then embrace their messiness, and then you can move forward from there. But if, if something seems like it's a pattern, then you're going to have to do probably do a full 63-day thing because there's going to be elements there that you can't just change. If it's a pattern, it's established. And if it's established network, it takes time to weaken that established network and rewire it into a healthy mind-brain-body connection. So embracing messiness involves almost like telling yourself certain things. So there's a couple of points that I want to, I, I want to point out. What does it mean to be, what does it look like to be a mess? It looks like irritation, snapping, shouting, feeling like justifying, defensive, raising your voice, withdrawing, getting you know, anxious about and, and, and your anxiety spilling over into your child's life, pulling your child pulling away from you because you, you know, you're not in a connecting because there's this mess. So it looks messy and it feels horrible, but embrace it because in that messiness is the opportunity to grow and heal that relationship. And you as the parent can start that process and model it. And I've had situations now with my adult children where there's a messiness, and instead of me starting it now to sort of fix up the mess, they're leading the show. They are able to say, okay, you know what? We are not listening to each other. We are snapping at each other. I'm not hearing you properly. You're not hearing me properly, mom. Let's take a breath. Let's do a neurocycle. Let's take a moment where we can go back and analyze um, why we're not even letting each other finish each other's sentences. Have you ever gotten one of those messy situations where you say something, your child 
reacts, they half finish it, and then you get mad, and then they get mad, and then you get mad, and then the back and forth, and you both love each other, and you're both desperate, but now there's this, oh, I can't deal with this, and you pull apart and maybe separate for a long time. That looks like a mess, but embrace it. Embrace it. Go back to the core. What was happening there did... At the core, this was happening with one of my kids where we just we just could not listen to each other's full sentences. So we had to literally get back and observe ourselves, almost like, you know, observing, standing back and literally observing how we were interacting and deliberately and intentionally stopping ourselves when we were interrupting the other person and saying, I'm sorry, let me, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What did you want to say? Let me listen fully. Let me tune in empathy that I've spoken about. Let me give you the space that you need to be able to express this. Let me help you feel safe that I'm not going to bite your head off. I know that you don't think I'm a bad mom. I don't. Think, I know you think, you realize I don't think you're a bad whatever, daughter, son, but I'm going to give you that space. Validate each other. I love you. This is just an issue between us. It's not anything about you as a person, as a child, or me as a mom. This is just some kind of communication thing that may have a really serious root, but you know what? We can get to that messiness. We can get to that root and, and have those kind of discussions and then practice. You know, we had to, I had to practice this with, this with the one particular child where we would actually fully listen to each other's sentences. And when I got it right with, with that particular child, I realized, hey, I was doing it with my other kids, that I was interrupting them before they were able to fully express themselves you know, and kind of almost self-correct, almost correcting them, and that's not healthy. Didn't do it all the time, but I did it enough to be a mess. So embrace that. Don't interrupt your kids, Caroline. Let them finish what they want to say. Look at them with empathy. Don't take it personally. It's not you they're attacking. It's something that you've showed up as because of something else. So let's externalize this and recognize that this is behavior that's happened and it's impacted. And let's get all the feelings out and all the signals out so that we can work out, okay, this is what you said. This is the impact that it had on me. Okay, so we're, and then give the other person a chance. Okay, well, I didn't actually mean that, but I can see that when I said it like that or I did that, that's how it manifested. And I never meant for it to be like that, but I can certainly see what that has done and how that could play out like that. Then that you validated that person. You've shown that you've heard them. You've shown that they, and that they, what they said and experienced is important. This is, this is messiness in action. And it's going to take practice. It doesn't mean that I got it right just like that. I really had to work at this and I'm in the field. So it's okay to be a mess. It is the greatest thing when we have a, we have a family business. There's, all of us are involved. We have a lot of people that work with us, but the core team is myself, my husband, and my four kids. And even though my son is sort of part-time, we are all together. We have these constant meetings. We are living and working very often in the same space. And it's very easy to get irritated and to get messy. And But you know what? It's immediately, as soon as we start getting messy and whatever, worked up or getting irritated with each other in some way or saying something, we immediately, there's this cry that goes up, okay, it's okay to be a mess. Let's just take some space and let's just sort this out. So a mess looks like a mess and it's okay to embrace it because when you embrace it, you get power over that mess. A couple of things more. When it comes to parenting, and this will help you accept the mess, 
No one can prepare you for all the things that are coming with parenting. I've had four kids that are totally different. And each time I think, oh, now I got the hang of it. I had another one. And the dynamics change completely. Different child, different dynamic. Now there's two kids. Now there's three. Now there's four. You know, I'm older. I've got more experience. I've got a different, you know, the business has changed. And every dynamic has changed. So it's a constant, ongoing, changing thing. So it's an organic process, parenting. All the time, my kids are big. I still, it's still, still an organic process. And we're about to have our first grandchild on the 20th of August, which we're super excited about. So that's going to change the dynamics too. Very excited about that, by the way. So this is why I've written this book. It's filled with my own experiences. And as a parent, and as a clinician, and as a researcher in this field, and with the thousands of people that I've had the privilege of connecting with. And why I've got this little cute character called Brainy, because Brainy is the little superhero who has the power of the superpower of the neurocycle to help through the challenges of life. So this book is filled with images of Brainy, and we have a toy that you can get when you pre-order. There's a huge, there's all kinds of bonuses with the pre-order and big discount on getting the Brainy toy. And we have a coloring book as well with Brainy, with all these scenarios that your child can color in and talk to you about. So we're giving you the tools to be able to manage the mental mess. Like healthy supplements and foods, the world of skincare can be overwhelming. There are so many choices out there. How do you know what to choose that is healthy for your skin and body and does not require hours of stressful work to maintain? This is why I was so excited to discover Purity Woods. Their mission is to provide people with the cleanest and most effective healthy aging and longevity products available. All of their products are USDA certified organic, non-GMO, free of anything artificial, free of toxic preservatives and synthetic additives like pesticides, chemical fertilizers and dyes, parabens, and of course it's cruelty free and never tested on animals. Plus they're so easy to use even when you're on the go or traveling. Purity Woods products leverage the wonders of a revolutionary ingredient, maple leaf extract. Maple leaves contain anti-inflammatory antioxidants and hydrating properties which can help soothe irritated or inflamed skin while also plumping, brightening and nourishing it. I personally love their age-defying dream cream. It is a real game changer. It makes me look and feel like I have jumped back years in time. Its powerful formula contains revolutionary maple leaf extracts plus over 25 unique and potent ingredients that help eliminate fine lines, wrinkles, age spots and uneven skin tone. It was formulated by skincare chemists at the top of their field to create a product that supports collagen and elastin production without irritation, drying of the skin or hormone disruption. Turn back time on the appearance of your skin with Purity Woods Age Defying Dream Cream. Go to puritywoods.com forward slash drleaf or enter the code drleaf at checkout for 10% off your first order. That's P-U-R-I-T-Y-O-O-D-S dot com and enter the code drleaf for 10% off your first order. The link and details will be in the show notes. So just a couple of things that I believe will help you give yourself permission to be a messy parent. And that it's totally okay because let me tell you, everyone's a messy parent. If anyone says they're not a messy parent, well, then they probably, that's not the truth because it is seriously an incredibly difficult job, one of the best in the world, but still difficult. So it's messy and it's okay. So no one can truly prepare you for all the things that come with parenting. You may read all the parenting books on the planet. You may do a ton of research, but your experience as a parent is completely unique to yourself 
and not the same as everyone else's experience. So yes, it's great to have. That's why the kind of books I write aren't giving you very specific stuff. It's more guidelines. It's a system. It's a process for how you can create an environment that will then help you change your mind to change your brain, to change your life, but according to your own uniqueness and your own unique messiness. So it's not a prescriptive, you must do this. It is a system that if you follow the steps of that system, you're going to make your mind, brain and body work for you so that it helps you to then rewire the patterns that are toxic and help to you know clean up the mental mess. So it's a scientific process of doing that. But the experience as a parent, you know, you're going to read books, you're going to take all the information from parenting books, fill it into the system and work out what works for you. So if you think of the neurocycle, as being a vehicle within which you can put all the different levels of advice. Like a lot of the parenting books can give you great examples on like step five, which is the act of reach, or great examples on step four, which is the recheck, which is how to reconceptualize certain situations. You know, so some parenting books may be totally focused on two to three-year-olds and how to manage their emotions and tantrums and behaviors and so on. And if you have a two to three-year-old, you can take the neurocycle and you can go to those kind of parenting books to look for ideas for different ways of reconceptualizing a situation you're going through with your child. So if you put that into the right system, which is what this helps you to do, you then are teaching yourself to manage your mental mess and you're blending the parenting advice into your own unique, what you need, your own unique experience. Okay, so that'll help with dealing with guilt because you might be thinking, oh my gosh, look at this influence on social media. Perfect parent, perfect life, perfect kids. I have to do exactly what she's doing or he's doing in order to you know, get the same results. And then you do it and the opposite happens. I mean, thank you, that's happened to me. So it's to take those concepts and put that into your unique way of thinking and your child's unique way of thinking and the unique relationship between the two of you, allowing yourself to be a mess and having a scientific system to process through. Okay, so I can give you, I mean, all the tools and that I've studied and I, and I will, but the, the conversation on how to be a better parent is a never-ending one. So no one's got it all. That's why I'd rather give you a system within which to put, find your own unique individuality. And we want our children to live the best life possible. So, you know, we can get so anxious about that, that that can increase our messiness. So sometimes we just have to, you know, kind of relax and think, okay, I'm just incredibly anxious because I'm trying to do too much, because I'm trying to be perfect. And that in itself is give yourself a break from that. Because in so many parents, I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, I can't cope, this is too much. And it's because we're pushing ourselves. So stand back, get that overwhelm under control. Give yourself permission to be overwhelmed. You will be overwhelmed. Having kids and trying to work, it's, it's a lot. Don't feel bad about it. It's life. Find ways to give yourself a chance to restore balance and give yourself a chance to rewire the brain, rewire that guilt out. And that's where the neurocycle is so helpful. It often, it can be stigmatizing to feel like you're a bad parent. You may be comparing yourself to other parents. But remember, you can't truly compare because you don't know the, truly know the other person's situation. I mean, I've done it too, thinking, gosh, those kids are perfect and that parent's perfect. But we know back at the ranch, as they say, they've got their own package of things going on and it may surprise you to hear when kids are old enough to talk and that kind of thing, the things that come out, okay? Many of my podcasts, I mention how you can learn to validate your child's feelings, but don't forget to validate your own as well. So part of being messy is validate your own feelings. You know, if you deny what's there, you're kidding yourself, okay? You're fooling yourself and you're just taking your energy and using it incorrectly. But by saying, I feel all these things, even if you just say it yourself, you don't have to share it with anyone except yourself. 
and even if it's awful stuff, like you may resent your child because of something that's happened, say it, get it out, reconceptualize it, find a way of dealing with it. Otherwise, that resentment will come out in your actions and your words with your child. Practice being kind to yourself. You know, messiness is, is mess, being, allowing messy parenting is allowing you, you to be kind. Oh, I did my best. It's okay. And I know you've heard this, but are you doing it? You may have to do a neurocycle to learn just how to be kind to yourself as a parent. Just to allow yourself, you may have to practice for 63 days and your active reach each day is telling yourself, it's okay to be a mess. It's okay to be a mess. I can be kind to myself. There's time to do that. I'm allowed to spend time with myself. You may need to do that. You may have all kinds of nurturing and religious traditions and whatever hammered into you that you just have to sacrifice everything about who you are to be a good parent. And that's not true. You'll be a bad parent if you sacrifice yourself. You'll collapse as a parent. And your kids are not stupid. They can pick that up. Your child respects authenticity. Your child is looking for that. Your child is totally tuned into authenticity and incredibly forgiving when we own our issues and own our mistakes. You can be an encouragement to other parents as well when you find, you know, when you just having these kinds of conversations, I'm sure you've experienced that already. So basically, remember, in conclusion, you are someone's daughter. And because you are someone's daughter, you experience the impact of the baggage they brought from their parenting into the parenting they experienced into the parenting they gave you. And it may not be the best of stuff. Maybe they brought some really great stuff from their nurturing and they recognize some of the things that their parents did that they didn't want to do and they made a bunch of their own new mistakes. So you've got a combination as you were growing up and that impacted you, some in a really great way and some in a bad way and some in a really bad way. So what we need to give ourselves permission to do is to recognize two things, that in being someone else's daughter or someone else's son, that your parenting impacted you and you have every right to work on the impact of the parenting you received. And while you're doing that, that's not dishonoring to your parents who maybe did the best that they could with the tools that they had, with the situation that they were in. So you can still honor that. You can honor that they were someone's child once and they did the best that they could and give them all that respect and all that honor and, and you know hear these stories at the same time, you have every right to deal with that impact because honoring doesn't mean that you have to just pretend that the impact didn't exist because that impact you will carry through. So it's really important you work on the impact of your own parenting and teach your child how to work out the impact of your parenting on them. And that is just so helpful. I'm going to give you, in conclusion, just a little story from my dad's life, who's now dead. Unfortunately, he died 20 years ago. But he told me such a sad, such a sad story. When he was four years of age, he was put into a boarding school and he cried for his mom the first night. And he was literally locked in a dark, scary closet for the entire night by the nuns. And he cried for his mother. And he, when he woke up, in, when in, he didn't sleep the whole night. And when the nuns came to get him out in the morning, they basically smacked his knuckles because he had wet himself because he was a little four-year-old who was terrified and locked up and away from his mother. He cried because he was so young. I mean, I don't have to tell you all the, eh, why a child was stuck in a closet at four when they're missing their mother was just pure and utter abuse. It was never dealt with because my my dad, who would be 89 at this stage if he was still alive, grew up in an era where you just 
did not ex- you didn't talk about your emotions. You were just told to survive, and and out of desperation to survive, he just learned how to suppress his feelings and hide this from the people that were not giving him the nurturing that he needed, and therefore he but this built this toxicity built up in him. And as a parent, he didn't know how to really connect with us as children. He really found it hard to give us a hug, to give us a kiss, and we knew he loved us. He was an incredibly, there was no question about the love that he had for us and the care that he showed us and how well he looked after us. But that touch, that nurturing touch, that ability to express emotions, that affected him. And he was always anxious and always depressed and always very carrying the burdens of the world on his shoulders. You know, and I felt, now now I know what I know. I wish that I'd had the time before my dad died to have been able to help him deal with the impact of his childhood and to help him talk about that and just to have these conversations and I know it would have changed a lot so I'm sharing that with you to know that some of the things I didn't get as a child I am dealing with that impact still and dealing and have worked through those and I'm honoring my father's story what he went through but it impacted me and I had to work through that impact so I don't just honor my father by working through the impact I honor him by recognizing that that's where that came from. And this is what I have to do in terms of self-esteem, etc. because it did, it affected my not having that total connection with my dad. I always felt I had to prove myself. I had to do things to, you know, get recognized and to get that attention that I was craving, that emotional attention. And that's what really has prompted me to honestly be a big driving force that has taken me into this field of helping us to understand the impact of the mind on our lives our experiences that impact the mind, impact the brain and body and impact our lives and give you the tools to help you, to help yourself and your children. So don't forget to pre-order the book. The link's in the show notes and I look forward to connecting with you and sharing more with you next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.